0: I remind, that song reminds me of uh, the man who wrote it. Um, Ron Hamilton had a uh, a cancer in one of his eyes, and the doctor had to remove his eye. And when he found out that he was going to lose an eye, he wrote that song. God never moves without purpose or plan when building a servant and molding a man. Uh, Isn't that a great song? I, I, I heard, the first time I ever heard that song was at a wedding. And uh, the couple that got married uh, is pastoring now. And uh, it was a beautiful song back in, uh, my goodness, that must have been like 1984 or something when, when, when they were brand new. <clears throat> All right, tonight, tonight, let's go to Philippians chapter number one. In the book of Philippians, Paul was in jail. He was in prison uh, for preaching the gospel. And uh, when you do read the book of Philippians, you need to remember that everything he said was on the upbeat, it was happy, it was rejoicing. He had a lot of uh, the word rejoice and all of his needs were being met. It seems like (coughs) for some reason that uh, when we get into uh, trials in our life, God uh, steps in and helps us through those trials in such a way that Uh, normal people that don't have a trial they might not get to see how God works but Paul had a life full of trials and so that's why he had a life full of God meeting his needs too Um, it's amazing what God did with this man so while he's in jail for nothing for just preaching the gospel he finds himself uh, encouraging the people in Philippi And uh, we're going to take a look at verse number six tonight. Let's go to verse six and let's look at that. One of my favorite verses here. It says, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. That little verse tonight, we're going to focus on that. And uh, there's lots to this verse. So let's pray and let's ask God to, to feed our hearts tonight. Heavenly Father, please, now we pray that the Word of God tonight would be so uh, effective for us, Lord, that it would change our lives. Help us and give us a strong faith. Help us on the inner man. And Lord, help us to know that there's a work going on, and we might not see it all, but Lord, I know that there's a work constantly going on inside of our hearts, in our church, in our people, in our families, and Lord, especially in the mirror. Lord, we pray that you would continue that work that you're accomplishing in us. Help us to get right on track. Help us not to hinder the work of God in our own lives. And especially in the lives of other people, Lord, help us never to be a stumbling block to somebody else while God's working on their heart. Uh, We pray that we would be a blessing to our neighbors and our friends, our family, and Lord, especially to those in the household of God. Our church, our church friends and neighbors and loved ones. We pray that you'd help that work to go on and on in us. And until the day of Jesus Christ, we pray that you would help us be encouraged. If we see a little bit of progress uh, from day to day of what you're doing in us, please bless us tonight in Jesus name. Amen. So this verse, it implies a lot more than it says. So let's take a look now tonight. The work of God. In our own personal lives, has a beginning, it has a present and it has a future. So past, present, and future. <coughs> God has started the work, uh, and we're supposed to be confident, verse number six, being confident. Now let me ask you are you confident tonight that God is working in your life? That you should be a confident Christian. You know, confidence is, uh, it's effective, it's also um, addictive, it's also infective. If you're a very confident person, I'll tell you how it works. If you talk with somebody and you don't have any confidence, it shows. But if you have confidence in what you are speaking about, uh, you're going to end up, as you nod your head up and down, Somebody else is going to do the same thing. You want, this, you want this vacuum cleaner, don't you, ma'am? Don't you? It's a good vacuum isn't it? It's a good vacuum cleaner, and you need one, don't you? Yeah, see. That's confidence. Now, we don't have a false confidence. We're not selling cars. We're certainly not selling uh, vacuum cleaners. We're, we're, we're being confident of this very thing, that he... God which hath begun a good work in us now that word begun that means that that started that has you had a start to the way God began to work in you let's go back for a minute and think how did God lead you up to the point where you got saved many people have trials many people uh, find themselves in the in the lowest part of their life. Going through horrible things, some some people have injuries and sickness and divorces and uh, trouble and uh, uh, you know severance from jobs, any number of things that God, uh, in a negative way, would lead us to the point where we just see of ourselves as I we just we just can't do it. For me, uh, it wasn't those things. What for me it was uh, a real sense of emptiness and loneliness in my life. Uh, when I was a teenager, uh, I, I didn't fit in anywhere. I, I didn't have a good group that I fit in. I wasn't good enough to be on the baseball team. I wanted to play baseball in high school. I wasn't good enough. I got cut. And then I was too short to play basketball. Um, and so I wasn't quite good enough. There's lots of guys. And then the intellectual crowd, you know, I didn't really get to hang out with those too much because they were so smart. I tried playing chess after, after school. Um, I, I, I did gymnastics and I went golfing and I, I never found a group of guys that I actually fit in with And well, I think the Lord did that to me I think he said "No, that you're not happy yet and you're not happy here but you know that God puts you um, through some trials and then as you look at it if you're saved tonight which I, 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 I know you are <coughs> but when when you came up to the point point." where you realize that you needed Jesus as your Savior, even in your unsaved days, we call it B.C., before Christ, he was actually working in your life had you not really noticed it until after you got saved maybe, but he, he's working, listen, the Lord's working on everybody in the world to bring them to the point of salvation. But this verse, I believe, talks about that, that he began a good work in you, I believe that's speaking of the moment you got saved. Look at it. It says, For um, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you. Now, that's salvation in my uh, opinion. Um, <clears throat> we have to look inward tonight, and we have to be honest and say, What's God doing with me? What's he doing for me? Where is, what, what, what is he doing in my heart? Now, your parents, uh, they kind of set the, set the tone of your life. You know that? You, uh, you didn't name yourself at birth, did you? Somebody looked at you and they gave you a name. You had no say about that. Uh, your parents moved and wherever they were when they had you had, you were in a certain town or certain place. Some people were even overseas. In fact, uh, Brother Carlson was uh, born, I think in Hawaii, right? And so he had no choice in the matter. And so these things that God did for us, he, he did that. Uh, he, he, he brought you into the world, he created you. You and I are fearfully and wonderfully made, we had a beginning. But when you're talking about salvation, that's a different that's a different story that's that was your choice that's something you had a choice in that's when you received Christ as your savior and that is that good work that God had started in you and did start but he doesn't leave us there he continues to work on us after we got saved that's just the beginning his salvation is our beginning god God gives salvation. Look at Mark chapter 16. <clears throat> in Mark 16, uh, we have the beginning, and it's a wonderful thing that we look at. God God saw us, and he, he got the Word of God to us, and we made a decision. We trusted Him uh, by faith. We called upon His name. We put our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. In verse number 20, it says, And they went forth, this is Mark 16, 20, And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them, and confirming in the word with signs and following. Amen. You know, the word of God was at work in your life, and when you received the gospel, you were born again, and that's the beginning of the work God wanted to start in you. But listen, you you just don't want to just be saved and that's it. We have more to do after we get through the door. Amen? Well, once we enter through through the door into the family of God, now we get to meet new people and we get to do great things. We get to look to the future. and We get a whole new group of friends. We have new entertainment. We have a new set of values. The Bible says we have a new way of looking at life. We awaken to the sound of the voice of God through the Word of God. We we can understand a little bit now because we know the author of the Bible. Now we can understand the Bible a little bit better. We have the power of the Holy Spirit to teach us what the Bible says. Uh, Greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. And now, because we're saved, That good work that God began in us, now, I like this, look at the verse, it says He's going to perform it. It says that He which hath begun a good work in you will perform it. Now, what is it that God's performing in your life is sometimes very difficult to understand, Uh, it's uh, difficult to accept sometimes, but God brought you to a decision And you should all know where you were when you made that decision. We should all understand what we did when we received Christ. In other words, everybody ought to have a testimony. But now (coughs) the testimony is the past. And now we have the present where God's working in us. Um, You know, when I when I look at God touching my heart as a new Christian, he gave me some wonderful people that helped me along the road. Um, When I first got saved, I didn't go to church. It took me a while. I finally ended up in a good Baptist church in San Diego. But a whole new set of friends, a whole new value system, and uh, the the Spirit of God was working in my heart to convict me of some uh, lifestyle uh, things that I had in my life that, that needed to leave. Uh, I had some wrong thinking. I had some character problems. And those will follow you all your life. Uh, You're still the same person except for God wants to do better with you. He wants you to become a better person. And some of those things that God is displeased with, those should be left behind, way behind, looking forward, you know, leaving those things which are behind and pressing on uh, for the mark of the prize of the high calling of the Lord Jesus Christ. Working in us. Um, and he did a few things in my life. He gave me some friends, some brand new friends. And then one day, as I remember, as I was studying for this message, I remember something that God did to me, touched my heart so deeply. There was, um, a time when I had to go downtown Seattle and take a ferry, uh, to Bremerton and I'd visit my folks every chance I could get. I'd stay the weekend with them. And then on Monday morning, we'd take a trip to Seattle and get on the ferry and then go and go uh, back to the ship. Well, uh, a couple of times, I would get off the ferry downtown, and I don't know if you know what Seattle used to be like, but it used to be really bad. I'm telling you, it was really bad. There were um, homeless folks living in every doorway, it seemed like, of every shop. The streets were really dirty, and at for a while there they cleaned up seattle i don't know what it's like now it's probably reverted back to even worse than it was <coughs> but first avenue was called skid row anybody ever heard that term skid row so seattle was a pretty pretty crummy place and uh, we would have to walk down first avenue to get to some of the places we wanted to get a ride and ferry anyway i came by this store i was all alone and I walked down, and I was heading down to the ferry, uh, and uh, some man was uh, in a doorway in an office. It wasn't. It was like a corner window, it looked like a little booth that he had rented out or something. But uh, he goes, "Hey, sailor. Can can I ask you? Uh, you know, I don't know how he saw me. He was blind. The man was blind. And." And so I said, yes, sir. He said, I need some help. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit blind, and I've got a project I'm working on. I said, what's up? Well, he said, I'd like you to do me a favor. I'd like you to take this Bible and read a chapter out of the Bible while I record you on a cassette tape. And I thought, okay. Can't, can't see any harm in that. You know what he was doing? because he couldn't read very well, and he was partially blind, he was having people off the street read the Bible for him and make his own tape. And I thought, wow, that's amazing. Here's this Christian that's having strangers come and read out of the Bible while he records them so he can listen to the Bible and it it won't have so much problem when he tries to read it. That got me. I thought, that guy's really... Yeah, how precious is that how sweet is that, that 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 guy would do that and it just struck me look at that he must really love the lord to have people read the bible and record it like that I thought he's really serious about his faith he needs help and my heart just broke for him i actually uh actually gave him a little bit of money and um, I don't know where he is today he's probably with the lord my goodness it was 40 years ago But that stuck with me the rest of my life. And I think, you know, God was starting and doing a work in my life right then. And He has never stopped. Listen, all the good things that God has done for us, we need to remember those things and be thankful for them. Because God's still doing a work in your life, and you might not understand it, but I promise you, we have it on the Word of God tonight that we should be confident. Is that right? See the Word? Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you, that's salvation, will perform it. The Bible tells us that he's in the process of performing a work, and I would say that by the work of the power of the Holy Spirit. Look at Ephesians chapter 1, one book behind here. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19. Now, you're, you and I are not the only one that God's working on. He's working in you. He's working on you. And praise God, He's working with you. He's working for you. And we can be confident of that. God is not done. He is at work in our lives. Let's look at this verse number 19. Everybody find it? It says, And what is the exceeding greatness of His power <coughs> to word who believe, According to the working of his mighty power. God has a mighty power that he's working in your life. How many have ever run up against a a brick wall before and you couldn't get through it and you couldn't get over it. You couldn't get under it. You just had to wait and just, you know, I don't know about you, but my life has not always been a rose pedaled uh, highway of delight. It's a, it's been sometimes uh, head-butting and tripping and smashing and falling and um, skinning up my knees and beating my head. I'm telling you, uh, some, of, some of us, like me, have hard hard time learning things. Anybody like that? I, I need help right now. Anybody have a hard time learning sometimes? God's working in you and working on you. He's working with you, and He's working for you. But He's got... This mighty power, it says, according to the working of His mighty power, God is at work right now because He started a work in us and He's performing it. Let's go to verse uh, chapter 3, verse 7 of the same book. Chapter 3, verse 7. Now the Apostle Paul knew full well that God was working with him. It says, Wherefore, I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God, Given unto me by the effectual working of His power, God made um, the apostle Paul a pastor, a minister, a missionary, a prophet. He made him a martyr. It seemed like everything God wanted to do with one man, He did it. Uh, of course, in Jesus, but look what He did to the apostle Paul. He gave. He was a. He was a prophet too. He's a. He was a revelation man, of full of revelation and prophecy. And uh, he taught us more about the local church than anybody outside of Jesus Christ. He was an absolute uh, treasure of doctrine and information. He taught us about so many different things in the Bible. And God said, I'm going to work with you. And do you know how the Apostle Paul got started? Uh, <laughs> he didn't do too well, did he? Remember, he was uh, really happy that, that Stephen was stoned to death and martyred, and he gave consent. He held everybody's coat while, while uh, the, the evil people stoned Stephen. And you see the tremendous turnaround that Paul made? That's the power of God. And uh, you should always pray that God would help you and uh, to see the, the working of God in your life. And he turned us around. He, he gave us a new direction. Look at Colossians. We're, we're studying Colossians in Sunday school. What a great book. Let's go to chapter 1, verse 29. Uh, the Apostle Paul said here, Whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. Uh, the Apostle Paul was saying, Boy, God's doing a great work with me. He's, he's working with me mightily. Now, don't think that just because you're not the Apostle Paul that God's not working in you. Hey, God's working in you. You belong to Him. He's doing a work in you. I was told by a pastor one time, he said, don't ever think you're not doing anything for Jesus. You know, we pastors, you know what we do? We have a bad habit. I'll tell you what it is. I'm going to be honest with you. We compare other churches to our church. We either compare somebody that's doing a lot more or we compare somebody doing a lot less. If we compare ourselves with a great, big, mighty church, we get depressed. We feel like we're not doing anything sometimes. if we compare ourselves with a church that's doing so much less than we are, then we get all prideful and we think we're better. You know what the pastor told me? He said, you just pay close attention to what God wants to do with you. He said, "You're the only one that can do what you do, where you are." And I like that. That helped me. That helped me because I've been in churches that were running 3,000 people, wondering what's wrong with Bellingham. Does anybody have an answer to that? <laughs> what is wrong with Bellingham? But it's it's not it's 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 not. Um, Atlanta Georgia and Jacksonville Florida it's not San Diego so uh, we, we just we just got to keep doing going for Jesus amen and uh, I'll tell you how you let God work with you bring somebody to church bring somebody to church do whatever you can try your best to uh, invite somebody to come to church God will work in you in many ways so uh, the Apostle Paul saw God work in him let's look at Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews thirteen. So there is a mighty work going on, and sometimes I wonder why God's so slow. Uh, he does not move at my timetable. I'm such a patient person. You, have you ever, you ever seen yourself how maybe impatient you might be? Boy, I'm, I'm, I'm just so impatient. And it's true. Sometimes I have to say, wait a minute. Why can't I just trust God and wait on Him? Because I don't want to. <laughs> I want it right now, right? right? I mean, right? Yeah, let's go right now. Let's do it, Lord. Did you hear me pray? Yeah. Come, let's right, right now. Let's go for it. What time's a wasting? Let's go. <laughs> and the Lord says, uh, "I'm running the show here, uh, uh, but we have to be patient, and it's hard. It really is." But He's working in us whether we think He is or not. Look at verse 20, uh, chapter 13, verse 20. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do His will, uh, working in you that which is well-pleasing in His sight. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Boy, God has a will for your life. If you just make sure and do what God wants you to do, and your heart is that you want to please Him alone, no matter what anybody else says, no matter what churches are growing big or getting small, whatever the church, that's God's business. Well, if you're if you have any kind of uh, career, if you do any kind of work, you trust God and you just make sure that you please the Lord and um, focus on what God has you to do. And he'll work in you. He'll work a work in you if you please him. And it's uh, it's just that way for every Christian. So look at verse. Um, I believe we uh, did we say 21 there. Yeah, we did. OK, so. It says, in you that that which is well-pleasing in his sight. So God's doing a work, and uh, I think of that fellow that was partially blind, and God used that to help me in my life, and through the years he puts people in my life, and I'd like to say that God would use me to help somebody else too. Uh, I want want to be a blessing to people. I want to be able to say uh, some things and maybe try to help people grow in the Lord, maybe teach. Uh, a few doctrinal issues that maybe uh, somebody had learned along the road in their life that wasn't right. Uh, Would you agree that this world is really messed up doctrinally? We have some crazy beliefs out there. But you're in a good church, you've got the right Bible, and God's working in your heart. God's working in you. Now, I would like to also remind everybody, not only did he work in the past, to save you, and uh, he's working in the present right now to conform you to the image of Christ. But we've got a bigger job than than you might realize. Let me let me give you a little illustration. A long time ago, my wife and I, we saw some things in Disney movies that we didn't want our kids to have. And this, this is over 25, 30 years ago. We were a little bit upset with some of the innuendos and some of the, the, the gay uh, lifestyle and stuff. Now, we were highly criticized from some of our own relatives and some of our friends because they didn't see what we saw. But now, now, guess what's coming out? Yes. Have you heard what Disney wants to do? Have you heard what uh, what's going on in that uh, wonderful little uh, Mickey Mouse Club thing? You know, all that they were back years ago—it's coming out. They are as gay as a three-dollar bill, and they want your kids to be um, okay with that. You got to watch out. So, God's working in us to help other people. So we've got to be—we've got to be—be uh, be careful. Um, a long time ago, I was taught that I'm supposed to stand against evolution. Uh, Climate change and saving the planet is is absolutely ridiculous. You're never going to be able to destroy the planet if you tried. They want you to think that you could destroy, that you keep driving your car, the planet's going to be destroyed. No, sir. No, sir. You keep using CO2, the planet's going to be destroyed. I'm sorry. God's working in us against all that stuff. He really is you're supposed to be um, some you're supposed to be somewhat against all these things that that that, that is detrimental to your children detrimental to your life detrimental to society and God's working in us just by standing for the truth it's a wonderful thing to know the truth you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free it's a wonderful thing to see God working in us so I don't believe that the uh, I'm here to save the planet. <laughs> I'm sorry. I get a kick out of our rulers and legislators that they're all worked up about saving the planet. Okay, let me tell you something, uh, and, and I'll get off of this subject, but they want everybody to have an electric car. Now, do you realize how an electric car has used and is using the elements of chemical elements that need to go into the making of an electric car and the tremendously expensive elements that cause the battery to act the way the battery does. Lithium. Does anybody know what lithium is? A very expensive uh, element found a lot in China. (laughs) Then there's aluminum. And then there is um, manganese and nickel and all kinds of different uh, substances that they have to mix together uh, and, and so that your battery will work, and that's just in your cell phone. Now, can you imagine the tremendous amount of, 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 of resources it takes to mine all this um, in throughout? And by the way, there's not a whole lot of mining going on in America for these precious metals, South America, China. Um, Australia has a lot of mining going on, and they're all getting. Now, do you think, honestly, that there's going to be enough uh, elements and enough uh, tonnage of square yards of material to uh, do what needs to be done so that every person in the world who drives a car can get rid of their car that runs on gasoline and turn it over to an electric car with a battery? Do you realize how many batteries there are in this world if they were to change the whole world from fossil fuel, which I don't believe, but gasoline and diesel? Um, I don't know. Uh, I think a truck weighs 195,000 pounds or so. I don't know how much. it. It's just huge weight. And that takes a lot of weight. Uh, uh, And that battery, if they're going to run a truck off a battery, you don't realize how how big those batteries have to be. You know how God's working in us? I'll tell you how God's working in us. Just stay with the truth. We're not going to destroy the planet because we drive a car. It's not true. There's enough oil, enough natural gas. Oh, my goodness. The list is getting quite long for us pastors. Somebody pray for me, will you? I've got got the Bible to preach on, but, you know, we're also supposed to give knowledge and understanding to the flock. (laughs) We're supposed to feed the the flock with truth. Okay, let me just run through it. I'm against gay marriage. I'm against evolution. I'm against climate change. I'm against all that stuff. If you want to drive an electric car, go right ahead. No problem. Just don't get mad at me if I don't have my car plugged in every night. While you're plugging in your car, I'm going to go down and get a cup of coffee. I'll drive right by your house. If you want, I'll stop and pick you up with my gasoline engine. Oh, my soul, please, please, please. Lord, help us. There's so much that we have to stand against. So anyway, God's doing a work in us. Now, you know, there's... There's lots of farms up here, and there's lots of food that needs to be uh, produced. And God's working in the churches. He's working in our lives. He saved us. But you know what else He's doing? He's working in your life to teach somebody else about the gospel. Have you ever had a chance to lead a soul to Christ? You know, my gospel is not anti-climate change. You know my gospel that, that we preach is not anti-evolution. My, my gospel is not the, the politics of the world. My, my gospel is your gospel. Our gospel is the Bible gospel. That's really our gospel. And that's what God wants to work in us is the truth of the of the Bible. God created the world. Man sinned. God made a remedy and gave the remedy to the sinful world that we live in. He provided a way of salvation. Everybody needs to get saved. Everybody. I don't care how bad they are. Everybody needs Jesus. There's not a soul on this planet that doesn't need the Lord. Every single man, woman, boy, girl, no matter who we are. He's told us to go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in. He tells us to preach the gospel to every creature. And uh, un, un, until the day of Jesus Christ, he wants to perform that work in us. Keep going, church. Keep going. Keep going. Don't give up. Don't, don't let the world dictate to you what you're supposed to do and believe. You let God be your God. Let's look at uh, Jeremiah 19. Why? Because we have something that's just around the corner. Jeremiah, you're going to be surprised when you see this. Um, look at Jeremiah chapter nineteen, and uh, then we have a, one verse after this. So we're gonna we're running out of time. Jeremiah chapter nineteen. Would you turn there with me? Let's go to verse one through three and watch what God said here through the prophet. He said, "Thus saith the Lord: Go and get a potter's earthen bottle, and take it of the ancients of the people and of the ancients of the priests." Uh, And go forth into the valley of the son of Hinnom, which is by the entry of the east gate, and proclaim there the words that I shall tell thee, and say, Hear ye the word of the Lord, O kings of Judah, and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I will bring evil upon this place, the which whosoever heareth his ears shall tingle. Now, think about that. God promised that through the prophet, he was supposed to tell people, trouble's coming. And when you hear what happens, when you hear what's going to happen, everybody's ears will tingle. You know, I don't think that was a, a wonderful thing that, that God was doing i think it was a terrible thing that that was scary god god did in fact wipe out jerusalem and scattered the people and you remember they went into exile didn't they now our message is twofold we have a negative side to it but we have a positive side that's the negative side how many want to hear the positive side okay anybody want to hear the positive side or would you like to go home Just depressed tonight. Anybody want to just go home depressed? No, no, no. Hey, let's be encouraged, okay? There is a negative side to the the judgment of God. Let's go to John chapter 17. At the end of Jesus' ministry, he got up into the upper room with his disciples. And in John 17, he began to pray. He began to tell them all that was coming. Uh, His message was wonderful. I want you to see it. In John 17, and here's the positive side to the battery tonight, the blessing of God, and uh, he, he one day His His work's going to be finished in us. <clears throat> Look at verse four. He was praying to the Father, and Jesus Christ said in a, in in the presence of all of His disciples there, His twelve apostles. He quote said, "I have glorified Thee on the earth." I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. Did you know when Jesus died on the cross? Do you know what one of the things, one of the last things he said? It's finished. He cried out and said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. It is finished. I've done the work. He He was telling his disciples, I've finished the work. Now, one day, God's going to be done working on you. He's going to be done working on me. He's going to be done. All the work that God wants to do, he's going to finish it. And it says, you be confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. You know, I'd like to to hope um, I'm only half the Christian I will be one day. I'd like to I'd like to say that I'm not done growing wouldn't you like to know that God has much more for you to do I was thinking today I wonder what would happen if I live as long as my parents did now my mom is 84 she's gonna be 85 uh, my dad was 84 so i I think you know if unless I unless I have something God has another plan for me I I might make it I might make it I'm praying I get to live 100. Why? I just don't think God's done with all that He wants to do with us. I don't know what God's plan is. Do you know what God's going to do tomorrow? Certainly not, but you can be confident of this very thing, that He which hath begun a good work in you will perform it. I want God to perform something in me that He can be proud of. I want God to perform something in our church that we can all be proud of. I'm praying for every single soul in this church. I want God to perform the work that he started in you and perform it until the day of Jesus Christ, being conformed to the image of his son, being conformed, uh, working his mighty power in your life to make you become the strongest Christian that you can be. And then one day when God calls us, he says, okay, it is finished. I'm done with you. I want you to be able to say, praise the Lord. I'm ready. And I hope that's in the rapture. Amen. But until that day, let's be confident. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Please be confident, Christian. God knows everything that you go through. God will perform his good work in us until the day of Jesus. And it is a wonderful work. As uh, Nettie plays, let's stand together. I want to ask you to pray with me tonight that God would continually work in our lives. Let's take a few minutes tonight before we start this busy week again. And I know we all have great things to do. But before you get busy with the new week, before you get into the routine of your life, let's take a few minutes tonight and bow our heads and go to the Lord and thank Him and If you're you're lacking a little confidence tonight, you're in the right place. God can give you that confidence once again that He's not done with you. and He's got a work He's performing in you. Let's bow for prayer.